I'm Jocelyn K. Gly, and this is Hurry Slowly, a podcast about pacing yourself, where I explore how you can find more creativity and meaning in your daily work through the simple act of slowing down. Today, I want to talk about transformation. I'm always curious about the watchwords that bubble up through our cultural conversations, and this one has been cropping up more and more of late. Transformation is a word that embodies the idea of radical change, a metamorphosis, and I suspect a sort of latent promise of self-actualization. And I'm as guilty as anyone of using this word. I've used it in descriptions of my new course, Reset, which I say will transform the way you work. And it will, I promise. I have testimonials. And I've used it in the title of a podcast episode about how to have transformative gatherings. And that's because I, like many of you listening, am deeply interested in personal growth and self-actualization. So I find the concept of transformation quite alluring. But what concerns me is not so much our collective fixation on this idea of transformation. That's a whole other can of worms. But our expectations around just how fast such transformations can happen. Because speed and convenience and frictionless interactions have become such a feature of everyday life, I think we are being lulled into the belief that personal growth, like anything else, should happen on demand. And then adding fuel to the fire, the media is feeding us a steady stream of stories of speedy transformation as well. Profiles of unicorn startups and 30 under 30 entrepreneurs whose success has accelerated from zero to 60 in a matter of months or a few short years. Stories about people who found their passion and transformed it into a business that magically took off immediately. Rather than talking about all the hard work and mistakes and bad decisions that went into something, we choose to emphasize the ease of it all. How this person or that person's transformation into quote-unquote successful individual was practically a foregone conclusion. But the problem with these glossy stories of transformation is that they gloss right over the most important, the most essential part of transformation, which is that it's hard and it's messy, and actually, I'm sorry to say, it takes rather a long time. Take the transformation of me from a writer slash editor slash conference organizer working at a startup, for instance, to podcast host who works for herself. I entertained the idea of doing a podcast for about three or four years before I actually pulled the trigger and started taking action. And then when I finally did get started, I thought that the podcast would have a different title. It was going to be called Whistling in the Dark, if you're curious. And I thought it was going to have a completely different format than it now does. What's more, while I was in the middle of creating this podcast, I moved back to New York from Los Angeles. I went through a breakup from a very serious relationship, and I had a sudden accident in which I literally fell on my face, sliced open my chin, and rearranged a good portion of my teeth. 
I can very distinctly remember conducting the first interview that aired on this podcast with Jason Fried from Basecamp. And thank God he lived in another city, so we had to do the interview by phone because I would not have felt comfortable conducting the interview in person. Given that I had a bunch of stitches in my chin, these terrible temporary braces on my teeth, and I was having enough trouble just enunciating my words clearly. It was not a good look. And I'm sharing these embarrassing personal details, not to make you feel bad for me, but because they are a hilariously literal representation of the idea that transformation is messy and hard and awkward. And that's okay. Because that's what transformation is supposed to look like. I'm not saying you need to go so far as to fall on your face, like I did. But there is a value in embracing the messiness and the uncertainty that naturally accompanies any major transition or transformation. And if you don't believe me, just think of that most iconic symbol of transformation and rebirth, the butterfly. Here's an excerpt from Scientific American explaining how a caterpillar transforms into a butterfly. First, the caterpillar digests itself, releasing enzymes to dissolve all of its tissues. If you were to cut open a cocoon or a chrysalis at just the right time, caterpillar soup would ooze out. Once the caterpillar has disintegrated all of its tissues... They use the protein-rich soup all around them to fuel the rapid cell division required to form the wings, antennae, legs, eyes, and all of the other features of an adult butterfly. So, to summarize, the caterpillar literally digests itself, turning into a sort of slushy of insect DNA, and then rebuilds itself from the ground up into a butterfly. In other words, some pretty gross, messy stuff happens to affect that transformation from caterpillar to butterfly, which takes about two weeks in total. And that might sound like a short amount of time, but to put it in perspective, the entire life cycle of a monarch butterfly from egg to caterpillar to chrysalis to life as a butterfly and then death is only about six to eight weeks. So that butterfly spends about 25 to 30 percent of its entire life in that messy process of transformation and reinvention. And I think that's true for us, too. We will spend a substantive portion of our lives in the process of transforming, which is why I think it's important to have a realistic understanding of how these transformations unfold and at what pace. And part of coming to terms with that involves letting go of this idea of a magical, alchemical, instant, easy transformation. Which personally, I have found to be incredibly difficult. All my life, I've had a strange fixation on smooth transitions. When I made mixtapes as a teenager, and I still make mixtapes, by the way, I was always obsessed with finding the most maximally smooth transition between songs. When I rock climb, I'm obsessed with having the most graceful and smooth transition from hold to hold, move to move. 
When I'm writing, I tend to use a lot of transition words to soften the movement from one sentence to the next. You might even notice that on this podcast, I often begin sentences with and because I can't bear the abruptness of going right into a declarative statement. Anyway, grammar aside, my point is that I really, really want to believe in the possibility of smooth transitions and elegant transformations. I think we all do. We imagine that we can move seamlessly from one job that we love right into the next job that we love without skipping a beat. We imagine that we can move from one loving relationship to the next without going through a messy rebound situation. We think that we can move from one incredible creative project to the next incredible project without feeling that weird sense of post-launch depression. And I wish I had such grace. But experience seems to suggest otherwise. Experience seems to suggest that it's hard not to turn into a caterpillar hot mess somewhere along the road to your beautiful butterfly rebirth transformation. And the reason I'm going on and on about how hard transformation is is because I think there are a lot of benefits to adjusting our expectations. I don't know about you, but when someone tells me that something is going to be hard in advance, I'm usually grateful because then I can adjust my expectations. I find it comforting to know that something will be hard because then at least I can mentally prepare myself for it. But when I think something is going to be easy, breezy, and then it turns out to be really hard, that's when I get really dejected or frustrated or I just beat myself up for falling short. And that's why I think it's useful to adjust our expectations about how transformation unfolds and how long it takes. Because if we accept that it's messy and we accept that it takes a while, we can be a bit more gentle with ourselves. Whereas when the expectation is that you have to be successful by the age of 30 or that your startup has to take off after just a year or that you have to reach enlightenment after 12 months of meditation, it creates a lot of pressure. Expecting major transformation to happen easily and speedily is a recipe for impatience and stress and really for self-criticism. You start beating yourself up for not getting from a mediocre here to an enlightened there in record time when your timetable for the journey was completely unrealistic in the first place. So how can we think about this alluring concept of transformation in a more useful way? I think we can start by asking questions early and often. All transformations begin with a question. What if? What if I left my job? What if I started a company? What if I wrote a book? What if I reconnected with my spirituality? For myself, I've found that the arc of asking the question to formulating an answer to taking action to launching something or feeling that a real change has occurred takes quite a while to unfold. In 2017, I started making the podcast that I started thinking about 
back in 2013. This year, I will probably start the event series that I started thinking about back in 2017. And next year, in 2020, I'll probably write the book I started thinking about writing back in 2016. Percolation is an essential part of transformation. So ask questions and let them bubble up. And then be okay with putting them on the back burner for a while. And then revisit them periodically to see what new information and insights have emerged. You'll know when the idea is ripe for action. The second thing is understanding that sometimes you just have to let the momentum run down. The musician Brian Eno has a great quote about how executing on ideas builds momentum. And then you have to let the momentum of the idea or the creative project run down before you can pick up the next one. I found this to be especially true in terms of career transitions. When I left my job at 99U, it took quite a while for me to parse out what mattered to me and what projects I wanted to pursue as a free agent from what I thought mattered to me and the types of projects I was used to doing because they had been part and parcel of my job. When you're in a job for a while, and particularly when you're very invested in that job, it builds up a certain momentum. And before you can see your next move clearly, you have to let that momentum unspool a bit. The third idea I would ask you to consider is pulling back the curtain on this notion of overnight success, which basically means making a habit of digging into the biographies of the people you admire. Usually when it seems like someone transformed into a butterfly overnight, there's a lot more to the story. I can still remember seeing Miranda July's first movie, Me and You and Everyone We Know, which was a darling of critics and film festival circuits at the time. And I remember feeling like she seemed like some sort of film prodigy who'd emerged to great acclaim out of nowhere. But then I looked into her backstory, and of course, she'd been making short films and videos and doing weird one-woman performance art shows for years. So... Rather than being an overnight success, that transformation to successful indie filmmaker had probably taken more like 10 or 12 years at a minimum. Which sounds like a long time, but is actually still quite fast in the grand scheme of things. Transformation takes time. And rather than finding that reality disappointing, I think we can take comfort in it. And let it allow us to put a little less pressure on ourselves. To see transformation as a process that's constantly percolating in the background. One that we can gently tend to and contemplate on a regular basis, rather than expecting it to happen by magic, overnight. Me and my brother now have a running joke about the funny, messy uncomfortableness of transformation. Once when he was going through a particularly hard period of change, we came up with this metaphor about transformers. You know, those robots that transformed into other stuff that were popular in the 80s. And I told him that he was just in this moment of transforming from a robot into a car. But he hadn't yet completed the transformation. So it was like, on one side, he was a robot. And on the other, he was a car with just 
two wheels on the same side. So unfortunately, while he was in this messy mid-transformation, all he could do was drive around in circles on his side, repeating, still transforming, still transforming. But of course, once he completely transformed and got all his wheels, he could drive wherever he wanted to go. So now when one of us is having an awkward transitional moment, we just picture that half robot, half car, sadly driving around in circles and say, still transforming, and laugh about it. It takes the pressure off. Because it's true, behind every story of transformation that you admire, there's always more than meets the eye. If you enjoy the concepts that I share on this show, consider checking out my new online course, Reset, a cosmic tune-up for your workday. Rather than working in this overscheduled, overstimulated way that has become the norm for most of us, Reset will teach you how to work at a sustainable pace so that you can approach your work in a way that's intentional, energizing, and inspiring. It takes all of the themes that I explore on Hurry Slowly and distills them down into a simple, actionable program that will change the way you work. Learn more at reset-course.com. That's reset-course.com for more information on my new online course. Thanks to Matt Susich for producing this show, to Devin Craig Johnson for writing our soothing theme music, and thanks to you for tuning in. As you move through the coming week, remember to hurry slowly. Hurry slowly.